three, weren't they? Ronaldo, Ronaldo, and Ronaldo. I thought you were going to say Sacco, Sacco, a own goal. <laughs> no, yeah, France will always go through. Honest, not so blue in France anymore, are they? You know, the world was all doom and gloom, and uh, Patrice Evra was to blame for everything as normal, and uh, now everyone's a hero, and they're off to Brazil. So amazing performance from France. Uh, Ukraine pretty pathetic by the end when they either needed to hold on for extra time or get a goal. Well, get a goal. They were used to just booting it long. So yeah, pretty poor. Less said about England's two performances this week, the better. Both dire, but of course they counted for nothing. But, you know, I think we know exactly where England rank in the scheme of things. Uh, Not as good as the fifth place South American side. Definitely not as good as Germany. I mean, I've got a bone to pick with that that point. We'll come back to England if you want. Yes, okay, let's come back to England. And uh, since you uh, so rudely interrupted, typical French, I'd say. Well, you, you're French this week, right? Yeah, I know you like to switch between the cheese-eating surrender monkeys and the, you know, long ball England. Uh, well, listen, I'm also pretty German, so, you know, I've got I've got the full European contingent going. Yeah, you're not sitting on the fence, you're... Straddling the English Channel and the Maginot Line or something. I, I, I thought the, the thing about England is I think the idea that this is somehow reflective of our quality is ridiculous because it's completely injury-racked. He went back to playing a very kind of staid version of football. He was trying out a bunch of utility players he took Rooney off with 20 minutes left against Germany you know he, he was it was this was a friendly in in every possible way and I, I think if you look at how relatively well England played in the last two games in qualifying uh, I think that's probably a bit more of a barometer of where they're at compared to this kind of slightly makeshift uh, couple of teams they managed to beat a couple of sides that didn't qualify for the World Cup, uh, and they managed to lose to a couple of sides that did qualify for the yeah, World Cup. So there you go. There's your barometer. The, except it's not your barometer because it's not the it's not the same team. A barring a pretty deep roster of injuries, the kind that normally get played through during a World Cup rather than cried off for a friendly, that is not going to be what England line up like in the World Cup. That's so that, that's the only thing. I, I just don't quite understand why you know why it's. It's assumed that that's the real England, in inverted commas. Well, well, we won't blame the real Germany in that case. Uh, So, look, here's the reason why it matters for Roy Hodgson. He has one friendly left uh, before the end of the season. And then a couple of warm-up games after the squad is picked uh, in the United States. uh, Opponents to be determined. That's it. For Roy, in that case, he's uh, he's supposed to know his team effectively now. um, And he knows that outside the first 11 they don't perform for him so that's a bit of a problem I'd say you know and it kind of goes to the lack of strength of depth in the England squad and by the end of the season there will most certainly be injuries and burnout Uh, there's quite a few older players in there too so that's his problem and you know when it came down to it that change side was technically inferior massively technically inferior to two opponents this week so there you go technically uh, not inferior to almost anyone was Ronaldo, who is so good, his teammates were celebrating when he still had 40 yards to go before he struck home his second of three against Sweden. Have to say, of of all the drama in the World Cup playoffs, the second half of Sweden versus Portugal has got to have been the best of it. Zlatan versus Ronaldo. Final score in the tie was like Ronaldo 4, Zlatan 2. At one point, Ronaldo was beating Zlatan on away goals. There were a bunch of other players playing, but only those two got on the score sheet. And the scoreline thing looked absolutely beautiful. Just all the goals in the second half, Zlatan and Ronaldo just kind of trying to one-up each other. But ultimately, I think one of the reasons that Ronaldo... I mean, apart from the fact that Ronaldo is just an absolutely magnificent player, he definitely has a 
better supporting cast than Zlatan, doesn't he? He does, yeah. I mean, Portugal players are all very comfortable on the ball. They have a very good system. They retain the ball. They're patient. Frankly, they should have done better in qualifying, really, than they did. And I, I think that was a point made by uh, actually Zlatan last week. You know, they probably underperformed in qualifying. Not for the first time recently, Portugal. But they're going to Brazil. Uh, I don't think anyone will place them in the in the top rank of favourites by any means. But uh, they have Ronaldo there, and he can cause damage. You know, he definitely can, and he's very much settled into you know the system he plays uh, now for Portugal. I mean, you know, in his early days, they moved him around in different positions. He comes in off the left. He plays the same position he plays for Real Madrid, and he scores bags and bags of goals. You know, and and there's some good players in there. There's some frustrate as well. Nani particularly poor across both legs. I thought, and uh, you know, of the United contingent in there. But, you know, I, I think after all those games, it's going to be a good World Cup. I think uh, there's a very good mix of sides in there. The one bone I have to pick really is with the playoff system. I mean, h- half a place to Australasia and uh, New Zealand absolutely spanked by Mexico, although they did put in a, a creditable fight in the second leg, didn't they? 3-2 in Auckland after being spanked 5-0 in Mexico City. And Uruguay-Jordan, which completes on Wednesday night, but Uruguay won the first leg 5-0, so they're definitely through and it takes a place away from Asia there. So I wonder whether they ought not to get rid of the playoff system altogether, which is an area that uh, Sepp Blatter, in all his wisdom, has been talking about. I mean, I have to say, you might be right, but it has been easily the most exciting international football since the European championships this most recent international break I mean that that Sweden against Portugal game I I would kind of say let's not scrap the playoff system just so that still exists no well that's fine I think in Europe it's kind of necessary Uh, it's the intercontinental playoffs that don't seem to make a lot of sense for me definitely agree with you there that that half a place thing is is very kind of odd and it does really inhibit development doesn't it in in continents where you've got half a place to qualify for the world cup you're just so much less likely to get any representation and you can't build anything and all that kind of stuff so back to ronaldo for a second there's a few things gone on one he's just seems to have scored 150 hat tricks or something maybe his 25th hat trick since he he just scores tons and tons of hat tricks all the time it's ridiculous he scored more goals so far this season than any premier league team I mean, not all the Premier League teams put together quite. Uh, 31 goals this season, uh, Man City on 28. That's that's ridiculous. And also, um, you mentioned Portugal not having done very well in qualification, but they've now qualified for more tournaments during Cristiano Ronaldo's career than they had done for the entirety of the time before his career, international career began. The man is just absolutely ridiculous. And, and you know, all three of those goals, not a single one of them was an easy chance, was it? Oh no, certainly he finished them all absolutely beautifully as well, which is what he does. You know, that's that's why his teammates were fist pumping the air as he was bearing down on goal. So how high a quality he is. And of course, the voting for the Ballon d'Or was put back to the end of the month, supposed to finish on the 15th and uh, now finish at the end of the month. And I wonder whether that performance will uh, increase the turnout for Ronaldo. Apparently, a particularly poor turnout of voting from international captains, selected media and international coaches for this one. So that's why they've extended the deadline. But conspiracy theorists were out in full, weren't they? Saying, oh, look, it's favouring Ronaldo. What with Messi on the sidelines for two months. And, uh, you know, perhaps his star has waned a little bit. Uh, this season only only a smidgen you know and, and uh, another interesting point on that one five on the short list apparently rather than three uh, so that's going to be Zlatan Messi Ronaldo Ribéry and Anderson and 
And one other. <laughs> Anderson, yeah. Anderson's definitely in there, yeah. Fulham bound Anderson. It's Yanazai, isn't it? <laughs> That's the fifth person on the list. That would make sense. I'll tell you what we all have to fervently wish for and like visualise this not happening whatsoever. Unless both teams get to the final. And then even then, that would be just hideous. Please, 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 please don't let Portugal and Argentina be in the same group. Because that is going to be absolutely unbearable. Can you imagine the brouhaha? Uh, well, yes. But, I mean, of course, their international records are very different, aren't they? So Messi has something like 37 and 83. I only happen to know this because I was looking the stats up yesterday. And Ronaldo's strike rate is somewhat better, you know, but neither are scoring at more than a goal a game, which is what they do at uh, club level. Uh, Messi's the interesting one because he really needs this, doesn't he? He needs to have a good tournament with Argentina. And Argentina do have a good side. You know, they finished top of of Connebol qualifying this time around only a couple of defeats in 16 games a ridiculously long qualifying campaign down in South America uh, but they've got loads and loads of firepower I mean there's Messi and Iguain and Levetzi and Lamella the Tottenham player so they've got bags and bags of goals in them uh, at the back not quite the same I mean obviously there's uh, Garay um, who uh, was linked with United for some time can they go all the way I'm not sure about that but I think they'd be very disappointed if they don't make it to at least the quarterfinals this time round. I noticed you didn't mention Tevez and Aguero's Argentinian, isn't he? Aguero, yes. of course. Yeah, I don't, Tevez hasn't been in the squad recently, but Aguero will definitely make it. And, uh, you know, he's their leading scorer of the number nines, I suppose. He's kind of a nine and a half, really, isn't he? I would think he would play uh, alongside Messi in some way. And they're going to be dangerous for sure because of all that firepower. But uh, have kind of underperformed, haven't they, since 1990? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. They're just going to want to win it so bad, aren't they, in Brazil? and all that uh, I'm so excited about the World Cup now after that international football it happens every time you know, like all my love for international football is slowly drained away over the course of the uh, qualifying campaign and then it sort of rushes back to the surface as the major tournaments arrive because there's just not anything quite like international tournament football and we'll definitely do World Cup rank casts won't we Ed? Yes I'm sure I'm sure we will yeah I mean the tournament football's uh, always pretty exciting and uh, you know the excitement will build up in England between now and the tournament I'm sure there'll be some people that predict England will win the tournament. <laughs> no no yeah. one in their right mind. I know I was sort of vaguely look, defending look, them, but they are not. I'm sure there's some adults out there who still believe in Santa. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah. Santa Hodgson. Any of you 12-year-olds listening? Sorry. <laughs> Just, you yeah, know, hey, <laughs> doesn't exist. Well, one of the interesting things about England is they desperately need a good draw, and, and not being seeded uh, means they could well get a very difficult draw. I mean, they're definitely going to get one of the seeds, all of which are good sides, except for Switzerland. Random quirk of the FIFA ranking system there. So Brazil, Spain, Germany, Argentina, Colombia. Very good Colombia side this time round. Of course, led by Falcao. Belgium, we know all about. Switzerland, a bit odd, and Uruguay. Any of those games would be tough ones. You'd certainly want to avoid Brazil, Spain, and Germany, wouldn't you? And then you know, England are going to get one of the pot three teams. And there's some nasty ones in there. France in there. Greece, Croatia, Portugal, Chile, Nigeria, Ivory Coast, Cameroon. Uh, and then from the pot four, you'd probably want to avoid Mexico uh, and Australia, wouldn't you? I mean, I think if you're if you're trying to avoid Australia at this point, then you really are in trouble. They, they qualified very well in Asia, actually, Australia. This is a decent Australia side. The Mexico side is a lot better than their qualifying campaign, which was abysmal. Very, very fortunate that uh, the 
international playoff system is in place so they get to play New Zealand rather than say a second ranked European side or something like that you know they're very, very fortunate there but anyway the point being that England could well get a very tough draw here and I, I think England do need a decent draw in order to get through and, and my prediction is they'll lose to the first decent team they play uh, yeah, maybe they might beat one by accident. You never know. I'm not really looking forward to the World Cup for England. It's just more the whole general magic of it. And I have to say, I'm completely suckered in by Brazil in Brazil. I would just love to see that happen. It's interesting because they've, you know, they've not been great, but they've really seem to be starting to find their feet now, don't they? The Confederations Cup seem to really be a very kind of bonding experience and a very solidifying experience for them. So I know it's only against Honduras, but I don't know if you saw the ridiculous, cleverly and Welbeck-esque goal they scored. Um, well, they can only dream of being that good, can't they? Look, they've got some absolutely fantastic talent in there. Obviously, Neymar is stealing the headlines at Barcelona this season. The backer, though, goalkeeper, is a challenge for them. You know, Julio Cesar not playing at the top level and, and Victor, they've played recently. He's you know, playing in the local leagues there. But, you know, anyone with the talent of Alves, uh, Silva, Marcello, Dante, Maxwell is going to be tough to break down. I mean, there's some seriously good players there. Oscar has become their main man sort of creatively. Paulino, who's doing so well at Tottenham Hotspur. Bernard, the uh, guy at Shakhtar Donetsk uh, in midfield, got unbelievable talent up front. Uh, you know, Robinho and William probably won't get anywhere near the side, but you know, Neymar is he's going to lead the line, and and I guess Hulk will probably make that squad too tons and tons of firepower you'd think that if they're not very close to winning this tournament you know it'd be a real surprise uh, and they they really did spank spain at the confederations cup you know and i was listing names there and i i kind of forgot some uh leandro damiao who's been linked with tottenham uh you know over the years hasn't he uh, diego costa i guess he's not going to go now he appears to be spanish now he's been you know choosing one or the other pato Will he make the squad or not? I'm not sure. You know, his, his career's gone south pretty quickly. Kaká probably won't get anywhere near it. Lucas Moura, of course, a player who turned down United for Paris Saint-Germain's millions, doing very, very well at PSG, might not even make the squad. So the, the big question for Brazil, of course, is whether they accommodate Anderson as a number eight or a number 10. That's that's the debate that must be raging in Brazil, presumably. Well, that's right. And, and can you tell which from which when you play Rafael and Fabio at the two fullback positions? Obviously. I hope Rafael gets in the squad. He won't. I mean, there's um, obviously Danny Alves. Maicon is being in the squad recently, which is a surprise given his age. And the Porto right back, whose name has uh, slipped out of my mind momentarily, has also been in the squad a lot. So I don't think that he's going to be anywhere near it. I mean, he's still being blamed for that absolutely shocking Olympic Games performance, isn't he? Yeah, in the final. So he hasn't played for the full national team since just before those Olympic Games. So uh, it'd be a real surprise. Oh, it's mad, isn't it? A player of that quality can't get in this national team I mean he's you know he's so important to United Raphael isn't he ah uh, yeah although you know ask David Moyes I'm not sure he's convinced so <laughs> oh god don't stop I don't want to have to hate David Moyes I really don't want to have to that would be mental, wouldn't it? Imagine, imagine not rating Raphael. Uh, David Moyes, he's an ex-defender. I'd think he'd see the problems with his defensive side of his game before he saw the, the benefits of his attacking side of the game. Anyway, look, we're, we're going off track. We were talking about the World Cup and, you know, I think Brazil are, are probably the favourites, you know, uh, given that although the core of the Spanish side is still there, that some of the key players are ageing, you know. Um, Xavi, 34, by the time the World Cup comes around, will he be... You know, the same Javi we've seen uh, at number nine. 
Uh, bit of a problem, although they might have solved it if they'd convinced Diego Costa to become Spanish rather than Brazilian. Interesting and controversial one, that one, of course. Fernando Torres, you know, they just can't rely on. Or do they go with a false nine system uh, that has been used many, many times and play Fabregas up there? You know, it's still a very, very good Spanish side, but uh, in Brazil, favourites, I think, are the home side. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see how Germany do. I mean, you know, we, we are veering into World Cup preview territory, but it's sort of... You know, feels vaguely appropriate. I mean, obviously, the Germany that turned up against England, as you said earlier, was not Germany's number one team by any stretch of the imagination. A bit of controversy in Germany because all the Bayern players got to go home and Bayern are playing Dortmund at the weekend. It was a bit slightly dodgy, that one, wasn't it? Yeah, interesting. So, which United players will make it to the World Cup? Um, I guess none from Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, Chile, Ecuador, or Uruguay. Ecuador? Oh, Ecuador, sorry. Antonio Valencia. Very much apologies, Antonio. Um, Australia. Australia, none, Iran, none, uh, Japan, Shinji will go, I presume, uh, whether he's a United player by oh, then no, is another you question. You're really just trying to break my heart now, aren't you? <laughs> uh, I'm yanking your chain. No South Koreans now that our G-Sung has left us. Uh, back at Pierce. Is course, he still um, in the South Korean side? Because he definitely counts. No, he, as retired. Like, yeah, right, okay. he, he retired. He retired. Anyway, uh, we have none from the Ivory Coast or Nigeria or Cameroon, Ghana or Algeria, do we? No Americans, no Costa Ricans, no Hondurans. Uh, we have a Mexican. He will be in the squad, presumably. He will, although he's been in and out of the side. Uh, he, w- he will. I mean, he scored that many guys that one in two at international level. He will be. Um, although the chops changed a bit because they had such a poor qualifying campaign. Of course, uh, also, one from Netherlands. He might not be a United player as well. Not the one from the Netherlands, the one from yeah, Mexico. He, the one from the Netherlands will definitely be a United <laughs> yeah. player. We have no Italians. We have, sort of have a Belgian, although it's very unlikely he'll go. What? Well, no, the big man will go. Sorry, I'd, I'd, I'd wiped <laughs> Fellaini from my memory. <laughs> okay. Right. We, yeah, we've got one proper actual Belgian and a sort of Belgian. That's what, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, I don't believe yeah. we have any Swiss or Germans. No Russians either. No Bosnians. We have quite a few England. England? Englanders. So Englanders. Wayne, Good old Englanders. Wayne Rooney will definitely go. I'm sure he'll take Phil Jones because of the flexibility. Probably take Chris Smalling, although Chris Smalling was uh, somewhat to blame, I thought, for Germany's goal. Uh, Michael Carrick should go if he's fit. Uh, Danny Welbeck will go, I think, for his flexibility unless he's injured. And uh, and also, he's that guy. So and obviously he's that guy in the home of football. You've got to take the Welbs, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll have a good contingent there, I think. Uh, Spain, uh, probably not. I, I wouldn't have thought De Gea will make squad. He's uh, you know nowhere near it really at the moment. He should be. He should be. I'll tell you. He, really, he should, he should, really should be. Should. He should be. Although you know, Casillas can't get a game for club uh, for love nor money, and uh, he's still number one for Spain. And, uh, and Valdez and, and Pepe Reina will be the other ones. Uh, France, uh, Potty Paddy will definitely go. I'd think you know, yes! just just in the time best. to cause a strike, or you know, he'll probably get. Caught with a couple of hookers on the Ipanema beach or something, but no, not Patrice. Only to like construct an elaborate prank for one of his teammates. Sure, uh, Portugal Nani will go. Of course, no Greeks, no Croatians. So you know, it's it's England plus a few others from United will go. There maybe ten or so, ten or twelve players in the World Cup from United. And, uh, of course, what international mega superstars we buy in January. That's right, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you count Messi and Neymar and... Uh, Ronaldo. And Ronaldo's coming home. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, definitely. Very good. I can't wait, anyway. It's going to be magnificent. You know, it's interesting, the United player situation in this World Cup. I mean, Rooney will not be going expected to make a dent on the, the success or otherwise of the 
team in the tournament. You know, it's not like the last World Cup he went to, he was one of the real big stars. And you don't really expect that this time, do you? No, not at all, which was an interesting debate I was having on Twitter with a few people around the different paths that Rooney and Ronaldo's careers have taken. Rooney's not that much older than Ronaldo and there was a time when they were in the same cadre of players weren't they and Ronaldo has focused you know just check his physique out and his technique and his professionalism you know what people make fun of his narcissism vanity it's all of that has made his career and Rooney's very much the opposite just hasn't been focused enough you know he's a guy who made good and didn't want to make any better than good yeah absolutely and you know we mentioned last week somebody put a comment on the United Run show page actually about us saying that we've seen the best of Rooney and how can you be sure he's 28 and all this kind of stuff and it's like well just look at him just look at the way he plays the game now and there is a little bit of joie de vivre coming back in his into his game it's funny, you said last week he never beats a man and he hardly ever does anymore, but he's done it a couple of times in the last few weeks. He tried to do it uh, for England against Germany and then he also did it for us against uh, Sociedad in Europe earlier this season. So maybe he's rediscovering something, you know, this whole thing about him being given a new lease of life under Moyes. You know, we'll see anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, he has rediscovered something. I just don't think that he's ever going to get back into that top level. You know, there's, there's too big a gap. He's just not that player anymore. Well, here's an analogy. You know, uh, the economies of Great Britain and the United States were uh, growing at very similar rates. In fact, very similar sizes before the Second World War. And the cost to Britain of the Second World War stripped uh, the country of its growth and uh, America took off since and uh, you know there's now a 60% difference in living standards and it's it's kind of the same with Rooney and Ronaldo's career there was a point of divergence where Ronaldo really focused and Rooney didn't and I think they're miles apart now yeah I think you might be right trust an economist to you know Using an economics an- analogy here but I, you know I think it's I think it's right it's um it's sad for Rooney but it's his own fault so I was trying to decide whether to move on to Twitter questions or we do the preview of next week's games before we do that. And uh, I suddenly thought, well, we can do both. We've had a, a Twitter question from at Salil Fatak that says, is a win this weekend a question of card when rather than card if? Oh, bad. I see what I see what he did there. And I liked mm, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're a hard taskmaster when it comes to terrible puns, Ed. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. Cardiff have taken some big scalps at the... uh, Hold on, let me see if I know. Nope, at the place where they play in Wales. I have no idea what that stadium is called. I don't know, the Blue Red Stadium, something like that. It's called the Cardiff City Stadium. (laughs) To be honest, I'm uh, I'm rather surprised that the uh, chairman and all-round nutjob Vincent Tan hasn't changed it to the Tan Stadium or something ridiculous like that. Here's the man who uh, took over, promptly changed the club's colours because red's luckier than blue. Bit difficult when you're called the Bluebirds, you know, it's your nickname. But, uh, you know, they, the club's colours and badge changed and a massive red dragon on there now. And he appointed his mate's son as the director of football, uh, someone who clearly knows absolutely nothing about football. He bought players behind the manager's back. He sacked one manager, of course, and, and got in Malcolm Mackay and... He's managed to buy players that Mackay's never played because they're absolutely terrible. Took them on recommendations from agents, apparently. And 
you know, apparently rings down to the changing room at halftime and makes suggestions about substitutions. Suggestions being you'll make these substitutions uh, if you still want a job in the morning. And I think Mackay's just holding on for the paycheck, isn't he? Um, a huge argument over bonuses was what brought about the departure of, uh, is it Moody? I think it's Alan Moody, maybe Andy Moody, left uh, and has now joined another club that I can't think of off the top of my head. This is good, isn't it? Loads and loads of facts. Alanis, it's all the way. Uh, yeah. You see, this is a preview of uh, BBC's World Cup coverage. Uh, yeah, surely. absolutely. But the Vincent Tan situation, I mean, he, he sacked the assistant manager after, well, the director of football, after the, the Malky Mackay stood behind his players' requests for a bonus based on performance. Tan was very reluctant to pay that, but it, they were kind of entitled to it and it was accepted that it would happen. We can joke about this situation, but actually it's an, a disgrace on the game of football and it must be awful for Cardiff City fans to be going through this. I mean, we know what it's like, right, to have our club stolen out from underneath us. And it's interesting to see that Cardiff have not gone down the kind of Chelsea fan hero worship route because Tan's brought relative success. Like, they haven't been in the Premier League before. It's been a very, very long time since they've been in the top flight, and they were, they've they been knocking on the door for such a long time, and they've finally got there. But they can't really properly enjoy it, can they? I mean, I'm sure they enjoyed beating Swansea, but... I'm sure they did enjoy beating Swansea, and the results, ha- you know, haven't been awful, right? They're, I mean, sure, they're only a couple of points off the relegation zone, but they're doing OK, right, for a newly promoted club, but... It's all the stuff off the pitch is just embarrassing. The rebranding and the, the explanation behind that. Uh, of course, a new Hull City owner wants to rebrand Hull as well. It, it appears to be infectious. And yeah, buying players, undermining the manager, fiddling around with the tactics, all of that kind of stuff. Don't take this as praise for the Glazers, but at least they keep the hell away from that kind of stuff. You know, they they only added, what, £680 million pounds worth of debt repayments and associated costs so far. And by the time United's debt free, more than a billion. We won't get on to the financials. Of course, Q1 financials came out. Loads of positive uplift in revenues and all that kind of stuff. But at least the Glazers haven't gone there. You know, they could have renamed United, I suppose. You know, it would be the United Buccaneers or the Manchester Red Devils. Well, there's no way we'd be either of those things. We would be Manchester A on United. You know, it, it would definitely be a commercial sponsorship, wouldn't it? Uh, almost certainly, yes. I, I'm surprised their naming rights haven't been explored. I'm sure they have behind the scenes. I mean, they said they wouldn't do that. But then again, they said lots of things they have uh, subsequently gone and done, like selling off the training ground to a holding company and selling naming rights to the training ground and yada 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 we could go on for ages about this one but i suppose they haven't gone there it's not been embarrassing they're hands-off owners you know as long as you don't find united being sponsored by a brand of japanese tomato juice embarrassing i suppose uh, i do actually as it goes not got anything about hence japanese tomato juice if we were only sponsored by them i'd quite like it um, but it's the, it's them as a, the 65 other sponsors yeah, yeah. that's the problem in fact if we could engineer a situation where our sole sponsor was japanese tomato juice i'd be all for that yeah but no i mean so i definitely feel for cardiff fans it's really interesting as well because swansea are obviously their big rivals and it must be difficult for them to watch swansea who obviously had huge troubles of their own bounce back from those troubles and be run in the way that you would hope a sane football clubs run right with a kind of club culture and they the managerial transitions have been really smooth they've made extremely sensible decisions in hiring and must just be awful for Cardiff fans to see that happening 20% owned by the fans as well and this is what happens when you're partially owned by the fans you know fans retain some kind of control and there's some senses driven into these boardroom nutters yeah absolutely so anyway having said that I feel for Cardiff fans I hope we absolutely stuff them right 
right? <laughs> oh, God, absolutely <laughs> annihilate them and, uh, and mock them roundly from the terraces. Yeah, totally. They are half decent side, but only half decent. You know, the, the results have been mixed. Beat Swansea a couple of weeks ago, as you say. They lost to Cardiff. They got spanked at Chelsea, didn't they? Although I think most people felt they were a little unlucky with that one. You know, you said they beat Cardiff. They lost to Cardiff a second ago. You said they beat Swansea, lost to Cardiff. That lost to Aston Villa. Right. <laughs> yes. A, a very poor result, that, for them. Losing to yourself. Terrible stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they beat City earlier this season as part of City's con- continued comedy away tour. Uh, what did X-Red. you say? Did you say they beat City this season? Yeah, they, <laughs> they definitely. I think they beat Manchester City this season. Hey! <laughs> Fraser Campbell doing what all good ex-Reds do, much like Wesley Brown and John O'Shea did uh, for Sunderland when Sunderland beat City. No? It, well, exactly, yes. I thought I was going to get another way. <laughs> I cannot wait for this game. I'm fascinated to see what goes on because United have not been beaten since September the 28th, boo, uh, when we lost to West Bromwich Albion at home. So a pretty significant unbeaten run with some decent scalps in there, of course, notably Arsenal last time out. But I don't know about you. I'm not, I mean, I'm definitely going to predict a United win and, and stuff, but I'm not super duper confident going into this one. I feel like given how Cardiff have been pretty good against in their big games they'll be super up for it and I just don't know how good we are I've got no idea how good we are Ed well of course they'll be up for it it's their cup final isn't it you know this is the one they dreamed of when they got promoted to the Premier League sorry that sounds awfully condescending but um (laughs) yep it was meant to be yeah Plucky little Cardiff. I managed I managed to stay away from the accent all the way through this segment so far. I can't do it anymore. All right, boyo, but tidy. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Very good. B- better than your Dutch, I'd say. <laughs> hey, my Dutch accent is, uh, how you say, flawless? We'll, we'll go through the entire 32 <laughs> World Cup qualifiers and see you do an accent for all of them. <laughs> I'm definitely, definitely not doing that. We're just... P- pick a kind of random. Can you do New Zealand accent? Uh, yes, uh, fush and chups. So, so I've known a few New Zealanders. Uh, you know, I'm called Ed. New Zealands. Yeah. New Zealanders. Yeah. I've got Id. 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 As in the Id, the super ego and the ego. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. A little, little, um, little disconcerting, but, you know, I've got used to it. International breaks officially destroy the rank cast. I think, I think that's what we've learned. We've spiralled down to just randomly doing accents from around the world at this point. Uh, yeah, well, you got to pad out the content, you know. <laughs> what do you think United's starting line is going to be? Because I've just got no idea who we're going to play in midfield. And he's also going to have... Have we got any players that are fit to play in well, midfield? we definitely haven't got any players who are fit to play for Manchester United in midfield, no. <laughs> but we've barely got them when all our midfielders can play. Well, it might be Anderson's turn. Well, look, so Cleverly's had a, a couple of games. He's fit uh, and played for England. And yeah, he kind of... Not, not, not terrible. Not, not terrible, not very good against Germany either. No, I would say he no. looks a bit lightweight, which is what he's looked for United this season. But you kind of figure he's going to play because the other options are Fellaini, who's not really starred for United yet, and he's got this ongoing issue with his wrist, so you know, kind of easing him in. And Michael Carrick, not fit. Anderson, not fit. <laughs> well, you know, Anderson's like warming up the reindeers because he's uh, he's donning his red suit and getting ready for Christmas, isn't he? There's, there's a situation where we might have a one midfielder who looks a bit lightweight and one midfielder who looks a bit heavyweight. Yes, very good. <laughs> um, 
mean, just mean and untrue. He's not in that bad shape, Anderson. Certainly not compared to me. He's not. He's a veritable Adonis compared to me. So there we go. But I'm not a professional footballer, so there is that. Um, Anderson and Cleverly seems like a possibility to me. But I mean, you've got to think he's going to play Fellaini, no? Well, yes, I suppose so. If Fellaini's fit and this uh, wrist problem is okay, if he's not being picked for games like this, when is he going to be picked? And Ryan Giggs comes into it, of course, because he's had a, a nice two-week break yeah, alongside Anderson, of course. Uh, he's also had a nice two- or three-year break. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely difficult for Moyes. And I think that one of the things he might do is pick Jones. It's not impossible, is it? I suppose so. I mean, Jones got a very specific role against Arsenal, which was to disrupt their midfield. Uh, Cardiff uh, are not going to be passing rings round United, even this United midfield. Uh, no way, no chance. So maybe he'll pick Jones just because of the you know lightweight numbers that United have at the moment. But it is not going to be around playing that kind of game. I think United uh, have got to go out there and take the game to Cardiff. You know, quieten down that crowd. He'll be passionate for their cup final and be professional about it. And and I'm sure that's what United will do. I think United will go there and win. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope so. Selection dilemmas all over the park, really, except up front, where it's pretty clear what he's going to do. But it'll be interesting to see if Shinji plays. Japan beat Belgium, so Shinji is officially better than Marouin. Good, good game, actually. I saw the second half of that, and Japan did very well against Holland as well. Apparently, Shinji played really well coming off the left uh, against Belgium. So Doesn't play in the same way. He plays as a front three. So, yeah, it might be on the left, but it's uh, it, it, with no defensive responsibilities whatsoever. Just not the same. Um, at WJ Horan asks, given the form of Fellaini and Ando, has the Carrick injury created a problem that has no direct solution? Yeah, good question. And and uh, answers itself, I think. Yeah, I mean, we said this at the very beginning of the season, didn't we? Imagine if Michael Carrick gets a serious injury. And that was before we'd signed Fellaini. But still, it's not like signing Fellaini has exactly set the midfield on fire. And after this game, I mean, there's a lot of rotation to be done because after this game comes Bayer Leverkusen and then the week after, which we're not getting to today, but it will definitely be on Moyes' mind, a very big game against Tottenham. The European game in midweek has become vitally important because of United's failure to take the chances they had against Sociedad. Well, yes, it has. And, and we talked about uh, that Sociedad game, didn't we? About how important that was to get the three points uh, in order that the following games weren't quite so tight. But he's going to have to rotate his resources over the next week, you know, sort of three games and uh, he'll have to rotate them. But with injuries and form... And uh, that kind of thing, it, it limits his options, doesn't it? So, um, you know, it's going to be a difficult choice for him because he can't really go pick a scratch side in midweek uh, because he'll want his you know full best possible 11 out against Tottenham, which is a, a really big game. Yeah, absolutely. Bayer are keeping pace with the top two since we played them in the Bundesliga. They're on the same number of points as Dortmund, uh, both four points behind apparently unstoppable Bayern Munich, uh, who are pretty sure I'm just going to saunter to that league and I think it's a bit like uh, you know when Madrid and Barcelona were in their absolute pomp and just completely destroying La Liga and then we faced Bilbao and everyone kind of assumed that Bilbao wouldn't be that good because there were so many points behind but really just the dominance of Barcelona and Madrid made the rest of the league look worse than they are I feel like Munich's incredible next level current status sort of makes the rest of the German league look worse than it actually is relative to other leagues because Munich are walking away with it because they're that good rather than because the other teams aren't. No, no, I mean, you're right. And, and Bayer have picked up some form. You know, they didn't start the season super brilliantly, did they? I mean, last time out in the Champions League beat Shakhtar, you know, spanked them, didn't they? And uh, and uh, a couple of wins since then as well. Oh, well. Maybe it was game four last, sorry, against Shakhtar and, and they drew away, didn't they? 
cracking game against Hamburg in the last round where they beat them 5-3. Although Hamburg have the worst defensive record in Bundesliga this season. So, you know, maybe that gives a clue there. But they're confident at the moment, Bayer. It's a different side than the one that turned up at Old Trafford. And I think this will be a real game for United this time out. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd think that he's going to play a weaker side against Cardiff than he'll play against Bayer because it's just so important. Everything rides on that, right? It's, you know, if we lose the Cardiff game, that's not good at all. And it's very bad for the narrative, but it's ultimately not a disaster. But if we lose the Leverkusen game, it's a disaster. United have to get a point uh, in Germany I'd say it's really really important otherwise the spectre of not qualifying uh, really does rear its head when one game ago we were talking about United effectively being qualified with a win this is what happens when you're a little bit negative in Europe and United were a little bit last time well very in fact and Sociedad you know not to review that game again but the more you think about it the more it just didn't make sense, the tactics at the time. Uh, And this is why the pressure's on this game. This is why he's going to have to play a good side against Leverkusen away. And then that massive game against Tottenham comes. Who do you think is going to be his starting eleven against Bayer Leverkusen in midweek then? So I think he'll go for a little bit of experience in here. So starting eleven, De Gea, Raphael, maybe, Evans and Vidic. And is Vidic fit? Vidic might not be fit. So um, I think he'll go from some experience, though. Uh, so maybe Ferdinand and, and obviously Evra. And then I, I guess on the defensive side, uh, Valencia gets the nod. I guess Carrick won't be available, will he? Uh, Fellaini will have to play alongside Cleverly and maybe Giggs as well, just for that piece of experience. Although, of course, Kagawa has been yeah, a regular pick recently. And then Rooney and Van Persie is uh, an obvious one who have to play every week now, don't they? I mean, yeah. And he's played Valencia in Europe in every game so far, I think, unless I've got one mixed up. So I'd say that we're likely to see him. And I do wonder, I mean, the fact that you say we need at least a point. David Moyes has got a point away from home in Europe written all over him, hasn't he? So I wonder if he'll actually play a midfield of Jones, Cleverly and Fellaini which could really work that I mean that is a midfield that makes some sense to me given that Carrick's out and given that we lack I don't know we lack the perfect combination to make an effective two in midfield yes but then you're all very lopsided so I I think even David Moyes isn't going to play one winger so if if he plays three in there he'll go very very narrow uh, I suspect and play gigs as well in a sort of floating role but uh, we'll see we'll see I'm not I'm not sure about that one you know I'm not sure he'll play all three of them he hasn't tended to do that. Uh, it's, it's tended to be a pretty straight up four four two this season, hasn't it? So, you know, I wonder whether he'll just go a little bit more conservative in wide areas with players he knows that he can trust in defensive situations, which is Giggs and Valencia would be my bet. But who knows? He's more predictable than Ferguson, that's for sure. But I would say he tends to err on the side of caution when there's a choice to be made between bold and cautious in a big game like this one. So I've got a question for you. This could be a question from a listener, but it's not a question from me. Does the fact that Rooney has been so snotty about playing out of position and Moyes is completely determined to just play Rooney every game, is that combination of fact limiting his tactical options? Because there's just been a few games this season which have just cried out for Rooney on the left and... He hasn't even gone near that idea. Well, clearly he's boxed himself in. He's boxed himself into two up front uh, unless uh, Van Persie or Rooney are injured or it's a lesser game where he feels like resting one of them. Yeah, In all the big games now, uh, Rooney and Van Persie will play as a two and that basically creates a 4-4-2 for United because we don't really have the personnel to play in a more flexible way, you know, and certainly not in a way that uh, any of the players are particularly used to. So, yeah. 
Tactically, he's boxed himself in, but there you go. That was his choice, and Rooney is now undroppable and unplayable in any other position. Of course, you know, when it comes down to contract negotiations, Rooney's still going to threaten to leave again. Apparently wants a pay rise. That is a player who does not deserve a pay rise. I'm not getting on to this one. No, I'm not getting on to it. <laughs> so talking of things we're not getting on to, time for Twitter questions. At Typical City asks, is Rene Moulinstein aware just how good he is? think you're having a bit of fun there at typical city aren't you yes i don't know maybe the question should be asked of roberto mancini <laughs> oh sick burn <laughs> football bunts at typical city asked is phil neville the next rene moulinstein yes the tactical genius that is phil neville and his uh, herbal winning naturally grain bars or whatever they are i'm very positive about phil neville at the moment because of the class of 92 film talking of the class of 92 film i'm absolutely delighted to say that we've got a fantastic competition prize to give away on this week's show we have got three pairs of tickets to give away to the manchester premiere of the class of 92 film this is happening on sunday the 1st of december in the evening and it's in manchester and it's going to have a live link to the q a at the london premiere uh, so you'll see the film and then you'll see the q a and you can tweet questions and stuff to the q a so it's kind of an awesome prize i to be honest i really wish i was able to go but um, i'm sadly not but yeah so phenomenally cool prize lucky enough to see the film but the it's review embargo so we'll have a, a good discussion about the film next week but let's just say it's definitely 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 a prize worth paying if you like Manchester United which presumably you do apart from at typical city so he just loves the rank cast yeah exactly <laughs> loves it you, you know he's got pictures of us on the wall <laughs> I, so, I should... like a little shrine he's got a picture of you me Uwe Rosler Sean Gota <laughs> it's fair enough I've got a little picture of him next to my picture of Cristiano Ronaldo um so uh, I don't have a picture of Cristiano Ronaldo yeah, I'm, not say- yeah. I- I'm not saying whether or not I've got a picture of typical city wipe down version the premise is a super cool thing we've got three pairs of tickets to give away normally on the podcast when we do a prize we do like a silly question try and be funny at us and we'll pick the funniest one but I just don't want any kind of favouritism or anything coming into this particular competition because it's uh, it's you know I don't want favouritism we don't want typical city <laughs> well I don't want favouritism or reverse favouritism where I don't pick any of the people that have been with us since the beginning because it's uh, too obvious so we're going to do this totally random so you absolutely need to use the hashtag rankcast uh, to be in with a chance this and just put the answer to the question and the hashtag and you don't need to tweet at us or anything just use that hashtag hashtag rankcast and answer the question in the famous photo of the class of 92 with their arms on each other's shoulders that was recreated at the gary neville testimonial where eric harrison is at the front of it and was replaced by fergie in the testimonial picture who is the other player in that list who's not one of the nevilles or butt or skulls or beckham or Giggs? hey here's a uh, random piece of trivia that other player I have played with him. Really? Oh, yeah. How did that happen? Uh, it's a very long story. I'll tell you offline, but uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, he, I, I, he was much better than I was. I've played football with someone that played football with David Beckham. That's, that's the closest I get. That's pretty good. I think most people probably have, really, if you if you extrapolate that. I, out. I've touched Eric Cantona. Oh, just, no. Um, okay, you win. You just That's just unbeatable. I said hello to Danny Welbeck, but he, he didn't pay much attention to me. I tried to say hello to Bobby Charlton as he bumped into me outside of Old Trafford. 
rude man. He was was he rude? Was he, Bobby? He was. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> I've forgotten that one. Yeah. So so we're gonna put all the answers into a randomizer thing on the internet. Gonna spit out the three uh, of the correct all the correct answers, obviously. Put them into a randomizer. Pick three, and uh, you guys will win tickets. The winners will be announced on next week's show. Uh, so you have to listen to it on Friday or Saturday, and get in touch with us, and we'll make sure your names are on the guest list, and you just turn up on Sunday. So awesome we'll, stuff. We'll tweet this as well for those who don't quite uh, catch us. Here's a clue for you. It's not John O'Shea. No, it's not John O'Shea. All right, couple more Twitter questions and then we'll do predictions and then we'll call it a day. At Jonas Holmes 21 says, should Robin buy a PS Vita now or should he wait to see if it becomes a worthy companion of the PS4? Well, I would say that given the lineup of available games on PlayStation Plus, it's probably good value for Robin to get a PS Vita now. I've greatly enjoyed mine. There you go. Um, P- PS4 or Xbox One. Funnily enough, the donations weren't pouring in after last week's appeal. I'm very disappointed. Sponsors, PlayStation, you know. Oh, Rankast, champ- Champions League brought to you by right? PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would... Yeah, I'm just saying, just putting it out there. Why Why hasn't that happened yet, Ed? I don't understand. Don't know. But why have we not sold out to the corporate dollar? You know? Do you think it's because we take the piss out of sponsors <laughs> yeah, every single week? That's what... This is we're just ruined. Won't take any money from gambling. Sponsors with a sense of irony. Sponsors with a sense of irony. If you want us to take the mick out of you every single week without fail. Sony have totally displayed that they're prepared to, you know, have a bit of a sense of fun about this whole launch thing. You know, their little video about how you borrowed games on the PlayStation stuff. Yes, come on, Sony. We're a brilliant brand match for you now. Totally. At Tommy underscore CTS says, uh, Finchie from The Office once threw a shoe over a pub. What's your most manly feat? I would argue that Finchie is so far away from a real man that none of his feats could be considered manly. But I don't know. I've climbed up some rocks and stuff. Once when me and Ed were little, we were on holiday with my mum and stepdad and uh, we climbed up this rock face and it was quite scary and pretty dangerous and a few times I thought that was going to be it for our little lives and there never would be a rank cast uh, and when we got to the top there were signs everywhere saying no climbing uh, that's how tough we <laughs> yeah, are absolutely um, I don't know what were we eight nine <laughs> and, and then we put a stake in the ground that said no dippers <laughs> I didn't do that. Even at that age, I wouldn't have done that. All right, final Twitter question from the week. Talking of John O'Shea from at Jack K. Holt, who says, Wayne Rooney, Alex Ferguson, Malcolm Glazer, snog, marry, avoid. He says he's especially looking forward to your answer to that. Very good. Uh, All right, I'd snog Fergie because, you know... For all those trophies, he deserves a snog. I'd marry Glazer because he's he's going to die anytime soon and I'd be a billionaire and own United. And I guess I'd avoid Rooney by default. <laughs> and also, that way you'd get to avoid Wayne Rooney, which surely has got to be um, preferable. I think there's, there's merits to that. I, I think my, I think, yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, I, th- I think that is quite good. But I think I would have to snog Rooney, get it just over with real quick and avoid Malcolm Glazer because I couldn't even... It'd just be too unpleasant to be in his company. And I think I would marry Ferg, you know. Cathy seems to have put up with him for all this time. Very good. It can't be that bad. Thank you. I'm really sorry to all the questions I didn't get to. Thank you very much to everyone who did write into the show. Um, and I guess that's it, right? That's it. Gonna... And we'll do some predictions, I think. Um, all right. Uh, Cardiff 2-1 United by a one-all draw. Very good. I, I think United are going to run riot in Cardiff. <laughs> Right, that's uh, I tell you, I tell you, I'm I'm fully confident. I think a Maran Fellaini hat trick in a three 0 win. Well, maybe not the first bit. Three 0 to United, and then one all 
in Germany. Uh, do you think Yanazai is going to start either of these games? I think there's a very good chance he'll start in Cardiff. Uh, I don't believe he'll start in Germany, no. And Tottenham game, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. He's left him out of the firing line a little bit recently and he said he would do that as well. So I suspect that's what's happening and we'll see a lot more of Yanazai after the new year. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I think that probably does it for a rank cast. It was a super bumper long edition last week and this week's a bit more appropriate length uh, the international week. Next week, we'll announce the winners of the Class of 92 competition, hopefully have an interview with one of the directors and do a bit of a review of that and we'll look back on the games against Cardiff and Bayer and look forward to the Tottenham game and whoever else it is that we're playing. If you want to get hold of me and Ed in the meantime, you can get me at UTD Rantcast, you can get Ed at United Rant, you can get us both or more accurately, neither of us at Facebook.com com slash united rant and uh one place we tend to check is the comments on the show page at unitedrant.co.uk where you can also find a plethora of excellent Manchester United related content and if you want to contribute to the fund to pay for our bandwidth slash new PS4s uh, that's United the slash Rant. trip to Rio <laughs> unitedrant.co.uk slash donate very good and, and we'll uh, see you next week and one place you won't find us is hanging off the side of a cliff and uh, nor any scousers after Paul put that stake in the ground but <laughs> hey see you next week thanks for joining alright see you next week